Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Hey! Catherine, coming to you live, well not the listeners, (laughs) coming to you, Catherine, live in the Mm -hmm. middle of a big old snowstorm here in New York City. snowstorm. Yeah, no, and also I'm in a much better mood than last time. Nice. Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, Very long story short, I was contacted uh, by a relative I did not want to be contacted Mm. by, and my family handled it, and we are all the much stronger for it. Nice. So that's sort of what was happening. Congrats. Thank you very much. Um, Sally, uh, should we? Yeah. Well, first of all, you can tweet at us at StruggleBuzzPod. Use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. Email us at StrugglebuzzPodcast at gmail.com if you want to ask a question. Put that in the subject line. Do you have a question? Or to join our super secret Facebook group, separate email in the subject line, Facebook group. I'd like to join or something along those lines. Give us the email you log into Facebook uh, with. And um, that will help. And if you don't get in the first time or if like the link doesn't work, of course, everyone gets in and you hear back from us. Um, just let me know. I just had to let someone in today through another back channel. Mm. We have these back channels. They're located in the Seychelles and we do a lot of deals there. <laughs> anyway, um, Instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod. We should update it with my birthday shirt. Yeah, we should. Struggle bus I'll podcast. Please do. Strugglebuspodcast.com to be. I just got up to post for a picture while talking. <laughs> Strugglebuspodcast.com to become a bonus member get information about the episodes I'm Um, I'm getting it you got it okay and um, if you want to become a paid VIP bonus member this is different than the Facebook group you pay to be a part of this Uh, you get a bonus episode every month and it's five dollars a month or more it starts at five dollars you can give more voluntarily that's up to you um and Sally tell me tell the listeners what else they get for joining the VIP group Catherine, yes. Uh, when you join the, when you become a member mm. uh, and you donate as little as five dollars a month, you get a monthly bonus up. Oh wait, you already said that. Yeah. I was taking pictures. But Sorry. That's okay. What, uh, what else do they? Get? <laughs> you also get a card in the mail. Uh, it's your ticket to ride the struggle bus. It says "Never Ride Alone." It looks like a metro card. It is struggle bus yellow. You can write your name on it, and it's just like a delightful little memento you can have from mm-hmm. us to you. One of the new futurists on my phone and said. I love that color, and I said it's struggle bus yellow, struggle bus and they yellow. thought it was great. And I was like, "This is this is accurate." We're you know? gonna contact Pantone about that. Yes, <laughs> Pantone. So, um, yeah. So, listen, I I should just start real quick. Uh, yeah. But this is, I guess, the opening jibber jabber. It is. Let's do it. I obviously this episode's a little bit a little bit late. Um, it's my fault. Uh, I had a, a rough go of a day on Monday, and uh, it turns out I actually had to take the day off work because of my back situation. I had a nerve, pinch nerve that was so bad, I had to go to my massage. Well, we'll talk about that in the self-care section. Okay. But as a result, I was not sleeping well the last couple nights, had some other things go on in my life. I slept through. I woke up when I got a text from Sally. <laughs> I got in the cab. Yeah. And then the cab was like, cool, here's like an hour of traffic on like Clinton Street. Yeah, in the it's morning. Weird. Really, really early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just told the cab driver to turn it right back around because <laughs> you had to go to work. I did. I did. But uh, but here we are mm-hmm. recording uh, at night, which is fun. It's a new thing for us. I don't know. Is it night? It's 
not even six o'clock. I what guess it's, for us. Well, it's, for you, it's night. For me, it's almost bedtime. Yeah. But um, do you want to do you want to jabber first about your week, or do you want me to? Yeah, I'll just I'll, my jibber jabber is pretty quick. Um, I don't really have anything to say because all I've really been doing is going to my new job and like trying to learn how to do it, and <laughs> <laughs> it's very tiring. It's you know. All new people, all new responsibilities, all new everything. Um, and I don't think I've ever like thought this hard in a long time. So um, I've been getting home from work and just being exhausted and basically going to sleep. So I feel like I've been checked out of the rest of the world um, other than Drag Race All-Stars 3, which is currently happening. Um, and I was thinking about talking about it, but it's like too spoilery. So we'll have to talk about it like yeah. on a bonus episode or something. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that that's all. Uh, I'm I'm very tired. Mm -hmm. I'm very tired and I'm very hungry. When you said all work, all new, all something, it sounded like a very unenthusiastic announcer for a new NBC sitcom. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's all work, all new, awesome. It is the <laughs> most exhausting sitcom ever. Yes. Um, anyway, so that's me, mm -hmm. Catherine. All right, well, I had a birthday. Sally got me the best <laughs> birthday present. It's a cool I, shirt. It's, it's, a, it's, it's not just a shirt. It's an experience. It's true. But it's your, <laughs> I only knew of it because you posted that you wanted it. I did post on Instagram and Facebook. So, you know, you can follow me on Instagram at SPK Heller. And um, you will see that it is a shirt with a cat. And it's a laser cat. And yeah. people are on the beach running. Yeah. There's a bunch of other ones, too. But it's got little lasers coming out of its little paws. You chose the right one. Good. I'm really glad I did. Because oh, they yeah. were all cool. There were three of them, right? There's one with the, the cat leaning on the Titanic. I love that one. <laughs> I couldn't find that one. And so I ended up not getting it. But I think that yeah. one's pretty rad, too. There's an incredible onesie on the website. But I said, my birthday's oh my God, in five days. And Sally, of course, reported for duty. I did. I did. I checked in. And I, I got it done. Yeah. So it was fine. Um. I'm back in the near future show again. I had a month off and I'm back in. I do an interesting, I just, just got in last night. It's a play called Witch Hunt, where I ask all the men in the cast to line up on one side of the stage and I'm on the other and they have bags of stones. And I ask them very serious, honest questions about the way they treat women. And if they don't want to respond, they have to throw a stone at me. Oh, shit. And the reason is, at the end, I say, I mean, this is not spoilery because every night the show is going to be different, but I mean, the play is in of itself. But, um, at the end, I'm like, yeah, so this is important to note that even when you don't say something, it still hurts. Oh, and in damn. fact, yeah, pretty deep, eh? Wait, but doesn't it hurt when they throw yeah, stones I mean, at you? they're not going to hit my head, hopefully. Okay. And they're going to aim towards like more like, you know, throw down, right? Yeah, maybe like underhand? No, that's not real, though. But yeah. they're, they're more like little koi pond stones. I'm scared. Hopefully. Don't okay. worry. And, and honestly... It, there's a way you can throw something at someone not too far of a distance and have it not hurt them. Okay. Do you know what I mean? We've all, okay. we've all played dodgeball. Terrible yeah, game, true. but it'll be like that, I okay, think. Okay, okay. But what I did find, and this is very interesting, as somebody I admire and love and adore in the cast, I'm very close with him. I think he's great. He did tell a story. It was, this is just during the pitch. We were trying it out. That was so disturbing. And I was like, wow. And he's like, I know. A and story I was about like, something he did? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I mean, it's not, you know illegal or terrible but it was very disturbing yeah. and I was like that and he's like yeah and I was like that's not funny he's like I know and that kind of you know Whoa. hurt more than a stone but I I mean I appreciate his honesty yeah. and I think that it sparks more conversations about the more people are like yeah I did a really bad thing yeah so he, he wasn't telling it in like a get a load of this no it's because I asked him and he he did laugh nervously afterwards oh, but man. I understand that it wasn't because he thought yeah. it was funny it was because it was he realized I think saying it out loud but like 
how often do we not say that? Totally. And that really blew my mind. And it made me just, I hope this conversation opens up another conversation. That's intense. It sounds like it will. And then, of course, on the train ride home, uh, I was switching trains. This guy thought it was... Oh, I saw your tweet. It's amazing. This guy thought it'd be okay. And just so you know, people, if we're like, oh, women, why are you freaking out? This happens to us several times a day where men think they have access to our bodies, space, and items. Yeah. A guy just bustled right into me. <laughs> I'm wearing headphones. Obviously, I have to take them off. And I said, this better be very important. Did you say that? Oh, uh, yeah. That's I mean, amazing. I had had, <laughs> I am learning a lot from one of my other ensemble members, Ashley, about being direct and just saying what you need and saying what you want and being clear. That's awesome. Kind of like talking to a dog um, when you're training it. Not saying men are dogs, but well, I'm not. Well, <laughs> you're not, no, not saying it. I'm not, no, but you know what I mean. Not all men are. Hashtag not all men are dogs. If a man or anyone barrels into your person, you have to, you know, at some point be like, no. Yeah. No. And I trusted that, you know, you sort of do the test of like, is this person mentally? And are right. they, you know, sometimes someone's like just not well and you, you leave it there. Right. And you just go, okay. And you, you walk away. Right. Totally. Um, this guy, no, not so much. He really didn't understand why I wouldn't on my phone look up the score of the game, the basketball game or the oh, football or whatever it was. And I was like, no. And he's like, what? And I'm like, no, I am not doing that for you. And then I put my headphones back on. And the voice is like, blah, 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 blah. And I, was, I, t- like, I said, <laughs> no, get away. I can't believe you asked me that. Well done. No, I don't want to do that for you. It was like the finally the things you wish you said to somebody. Right. I'm finally catching up with myself. Yeah, they like all flooded you at the same time. Yeah, like in that get, moment. You'll never guess what happened next. Tell me. Uh, he <laughs> took know. your headphones off your head. No, he yelled at you. Yeah. He'll do a bitch. Yeah. And... Middle finger, middle finger, more, yeah. more, th- so many things. Oh shit! I know, more like fucking bitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone that's strange, like Jesus Christ. But then he's walking away and doing the middle finger up behind his back. That's you know? amazing. And I was like, I, 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 see what you're doing, and you're still just a terrible person. A terrible person. So if you think, but you know, this happens a lot. How important <laughs> is it to know the score of a game that you would have to interrupt a stranger who's listening to their headphones? Yeah, <laughs> on a I, scale of one to ten. But also, if, if ten is. Uh, like we are under imminent nuclear attack yeah. and one is the least important thing in the world. What yeah. is it? Like a 1.3? I mean, I would never ask any... Kai, can I check my email on your phone? What the, I literally... Not. Can I use your phone to call an ambulance? My my son is having a heart attack. Absolutely. Yes, in that case, yes. That's a scenario. Maybe he wanted to check the score of the game because... His son is the coach, and he's having a heart attack. Not good enough. And he, no, not good enough. Not good enough. Survey says eh. no dice. <laughs> um, which which mic are you, real quick? Could you talk for a second? I am talking into this that I, one. I think you yeah. are. Keep talking. Hi, I'm talking into the microphone. You are. Guys, we're going to keep this in here. This is how Sasha gets made. Um, I just want to make sure because I thought I was tweaking one of our mics, oh. and I wasn't sure if I was doing it correctly. Well, here we are. Yeah, um, you're always mic too. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I do try to always do it the same way every time, but yeah. I also don't know what magic you work over there. So. It's it's a matter of and I do it too like turning a different way like that makes such yeah, a difference I do that or, a lot. or down and I, that's okay. I need to get a microphone that has like a built in like head brace because <laughs> <laughs> like, I like like one of those um retainers like yeah like the headgear. <laughs> no, <laughs> because I am not. I I've been doing this now. How long have we been doing the no, podcast? It's fine. And I'm still like 
I'm just going to sit very still. No, no, everyone does it. And that's the thing is that's my job is to like everyone does it. There comes a point where you don't want to distract somebody who's thinking because you shouldn't have to be doing all these things at once. So that's it. Okay. It's my job to make this sound perfect. And you you do every week. So smart. Well, and I I don't like interrupting your thought. And thank you. You know, well, you know that once I'm interrupted, I like lose the ability to think it through. And I don't like a wrap for me. So I want that to happen. (laughs) Yeah. So should we do a thing we did for self care? Yes. Cool. So I don't know. Did you want to? Go first, or do you want me to? I'll kick it off. Cool. Um, so on Saturday night, I helped my aunt put together a 50th anniversary party for my parents. <gasps> happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. Uh, and that was Saturday night, and we partied until midnight. No. Can you believe it? Sally, I you don't stay up till midnight. No, I haven't been out, out of my apartment until midnight mm-hmm. since, like, the mid-90s. <laughs> So that, it was really, really fun. It was like my parents, uh, my aunt, Andrea, obviously, and like two couples that are my parents' friends. And we had some great conversations that you can only have with like white Jewish liberals. Like parent conversations or family yeah, or like politics? Yeah, we talked about like politics. We talked about like all kinds of things. Like they had all these questions about like these newfangled like rules about consent and stuff like that. Oh, the new ones. The new ones. (laughs) The brand new ones. No, but that's interesting. That was interesting. We talked about like different like New York Times columnists and yeah, it it was, (laughs) I'm telling you, it was like if you, if someone was to be like, please write a scene where it's three middle-aged couples who are white, Jewish and from the Northeast, (laughs) liberal (laughs) upper middle class couples, like what, what is the conversation you would have? That's the conversation we had. And I mean that as a compliment. No, it was no. really fun. I want to be a fly on the wall. Any yeah. takeaways? Any ma- I mean, I'm fascinated. Any big things that came up? Um, it was really interesting because like there was a dude there who is a really good friend of my dad's who it was like the, everyone there besides me and Andrea were Black Panther skeptics <laughs> because, you know, they're older white people. And there was oh, one okay. guy there who was like, was like extolling the virtues of Black Panther and was trying to convince everyone that they're writing it off and they shouldn't. And mm-hmm. by the end of the meal, he had gotten a bunch of them to commit to like going to see it. So everyone them. but you, I'm sorry, I misheard. So you obviously are not a skeptic. No, me I, and Andrea are, are not. We're, I didn't think so. We're okay. believers. And so was this guy. But everyone else was like, I see. They're like, it's a superhero movie. Like, you know, they didn't have like a, a sophisticated analysis. They were just like, but it's superheroes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch that. Oh, and so this dude was setting them straight. It was pretty great. But anyway, that's not what my self care was. My self care was that um, I stayed up so late that night and I was so tired from the week. So I took Sunday off um, and I just, uh, I got a couple things done in the morning, but I made the rest of the day just time to be totally inert and uh, (laughs) do nothing. And that's what I did. And it was really, really nice recovery. It made me feel like when work started on Monday, I had actually rested, you know, I was just like ready to like be back in the world. So Catherine, that was a really long self-care segment. What did you do for self-care? I took Monday off, as I said. Um, So I woke up Monday, early Monday morning, um, and I was uh, in so much pain. I had a pinched nerve that like, pinched nerve for the ages. I've never had anything like this. It's still, you know, a little bit there, but it was so bad I couldn't move. I couldn't go back to sleep. I couldn't, I, I couldn't lay down. I couldn't like anything. And so I, um, I did have an audition that was voiceover. So I managed to get there and I, 
I just canceled all my other podcasting stuff and pushed a couple of projects back because I couldn't move. Damn. And I I texted my massage therapist, uh, medical masseuse person who is just amazing. And I said, I, I think I can you help me with this or should I go to the doctor? Because she works with my back doctor, like yeah. they're friends and they work in the same office. So they, they you know, they sort of are a team. Yeah. And she's like, no, I, I can help you with that. Come over. And it was really amazing. We had a really good session. Oh, good. Um, and I was okay, but uh, I hate saying emergency massage, but it was to the point where like, hey, listen, I don't have the kind of money to just, she's very expensive and I only see her not, I don't see her as often as I need or want to because I can't afford it. Yeah. And I even had a conversation with her the week before being like, I can't see you this month, you know? Yeah. But um, I really, really, she knows my body and anyone else could hurt me because I have, you know, some herniated disc in my neck and you yeah. don't want to get a masseuse who doesn't know how to deal with that. And it did help. So I know it sounds all, oh, but I got an emergency massage. But uh, <laughs> it was necessary. And um, I was kind of just frustrated because I like to work. You know yeah, me. Totally. I, t- I had taken the weekend. Enjo- I mean, I did a show. But I, I love how you did. You're like, oh, I took Sunday off. And I did some work around the house. But, <laughs> I know. And I'm I like, know. oh, I did two shows. <laughs> <laughs> you but, know, uh, off time. The huge. But other than that, you know, everyone's good. Um, but it was, it felt like a defeat, though. I just, I've been getting mm-hmm. so much better. And you know, um, it's so, just frustrating. And is the pinched nerve related to the herniated disc? I mean, it has. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. But um, yes and no. Basically, the the long and short of it is, when you have something like this, your body tries to compensate. Oh, okay. So right. the muscles try to move around. Your nerves are rolling all over the place. the The disc in of itself is constantly causing pain because it's dribbling down to your nerves, and it's get, giving nerves the sense that they are in a lot of pain because gotcha. it's literally just goo dripping down into the nerves. It's very complicated stuff that I don't I really like understand. The goo dripping down. That's the way he was explaining. Yeah, my doctor's that checks out. It checks out. He's like, it's like goo. Oh, by the way, hi, doctors. Is more he listens, um, but. As a result, your body, and especially with the fact that I woke up with that, is probably during my sleep. I probably mm. turned some right, way. Right, right, yeah. And you're, you know, so is it related most likely? Who knows? But who knows, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I'm okay. I'm glad you're feeling a little better. It was a long, I mean, you know, I- I'm okay. Okay. We'll be all right. We're getting through it, you guys. But hey, we're getting through life. We're getting through it. And I still haven't seen Black Panther, but we're going to. Oh, good, yeah. It's, it's like you'll see it. A thousand times in your lifetime, so start whenever is is how I feel about it. And you saw the Jimmy Fallon thing, right? Oh yeah. So you know the Jimmy. I don't know if you saw this. Everyone out there, you probably saw this, but they are these people. I think they told them something. There was a screening, or I don't know what they were told, but um, it was going around. It was pretty viral. Uh, Chadwick, what's his last name? Mm, Um, Don't know. Jesus, I forgot. Um, they were like, send a message. Bozeman. Bozeman, yes, that's it. I almost said Bosworth, but I was like, that's that's, <laughs> that's very, a different person. That's a different person. Um, and so they were sort of giving messages, and it was absolutely beautiful. And then he surprised them at the end, which was great. But it was so touching. And mm. the second man in it is a friend of mine, comedian, yep. Mike Brown. And the last woman is a friend of mine. She's in the Neo Futurist, Kyra Sims. Hers was amazing. Was really she wonderful. talked about thanking the women in the movie. It was like, oh, God, I was so happy. It oh, made me so, so happy. So check it out, you guys. Yeah, check it out. It's a good yeah. vid. It's a good feel-good vid. It is. Which we need these days. Well, that's that's good self-care for everyone. Exactly. And on that note, I'm Kate. <laughs> I'm Sally. No, 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 we'll, good night. Let's get oh, to some right, emails. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, email number one needs a name. I think, okay, well, I'm going to just be honest with you and tell you that I'm rewatching Mad Men right now. <gasps> Have we done like every Mad Men name there is? Not yet. I'm sure there's more. There's more. Can we just do Holloway? 
Yes. Like, I don't see why like, not. Why wouldn't we do Holloway? Because it was Joan Holloway, right? Yeah, but I think like just the last name. Holloway. Right? Um, yeah. Do you want me to read it or would you like to read it? Uh, have at it, I say. Great. This is from Holloway. So last year was a real struggle. I got engaged in the midst of it all. My mom had told my dad before I even got the chance to tell him and my stepmom. I confronted my mom about it. She denied it. Then she says she did do it and is now saying she didn't. During my struggles, uh, she wasn't supportive at all. I was very much alone in my feelings other than confiding in my fiancé, and it was very hard for me. After my mom did what she did, I just stopped talking to her. We live three miles away from each other. She drives by my house every day for work. She has my numbers. She asks everyone about me yet doesn't reach out to me or anything. She'll text slash call my fiancé, but not me. Should I just be a buttercup and suck it up and ask her to go out or should I wait for her to come around? I'm getting married and you only get one mom, so I feel slightly bad. I'm kind of excluding her, but I'm so conflicted. Thanks for your time and a first class passenger on the struggle bus. Holloway. So here's my question, Sally. When I first read this, I wasn't quite sure. Um, It sounds to me like this person, Holloway, is mad that their mom did the things and then denied it and then admitted then denied it um, and is not feeling supportive. But it sounds to me like the mom is adhering to the boundaries. Is that correct? That's what I get okay, from this. So, okay. Sally, your thoughts. Um, well, I think you just provided me a really nice jumping off point, Catherine. Thank you very much. Because um, it does sound like, e- even though, Holloway, your mom did this thing that's not very considerate, um, it does sound like your mom is adhering to the boundaries you're setting, which, which is something, I think. Um, and maybe from that we can extrapolate that your mom is willing to um, be reasoned with and that if you told your mom how you felt, um, you know, she would maybe come clean or apologize. I don't know. Have you have you talked to her about it yet? Mm. Um, If I mean, sometimes talking, I, I think I think we all know that we have relationships in our lives where talking something out is actually like not going to help and we should just like keep it moving and find another way to solve the problem. So if that is how you feel about your relationship with your mom, I think that's totally cool. But I think the question is like, it sounds like not talking to your mom is hurting you also because you want, it sounds like you want your mom to be included in all the stuff around your wedding. So, I mean, I don't, the thing about waiting for someone to come around is like, there's something I mean, I, I totally understand. I think I, I think it's totally fine to sometimes be like, you know what, the ball is in this person's court. Like, let them get in touch with me. But the thing is, when you actually really want to be getting in touch with someone, I think that like kind of withholding you you getting in touch because you feel like they should be reaching out first. I don't – that is like not a strategy that I feel like has – a lot of value. I I think that um, either you like don't reach out because you don't care to be in touch or you're tired of always being the person to reach out or, you know, and then like you live with your mom not getting in touch with you or you like get in touch because you want to move forward one way or another. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, there's a lot of things here. So just because I don't know if you officially set the boundary of I'm not talking to you right now or you just stopped talking. um, That is an important thing to note. But either way, 
just because she is respecting that boundary, she is definitely going above and beyond to still be in your space. So I'm not giving her all the accolades for listening to you. Uh, this reminds me of a time I had a friend who was very mean to me, and I told this person to stop visiting me at my job when I was bartending at the time many years ago. And this person would still do their laundry, which was next door to the bar, Every night I was working and walk sadly back and forth with a thing. I didn't work that many nights a week. So like it was Friday or Sunday or whatever. And I'm like, "Mm, you know, I I see what you did there kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that said, your mother did something that was very um, not cool. And it was an absolute violation of your trust and lied to you about it. And then lied about lying about it and lied lied about lying about it, you know, and I feel like I don't know the rest of the relationship with your mother, but I wouldn't be surprised if other things maybe had gone on. Because if this is the only thing, I'd be like, eh, but, you know, I wouldn't, you know, think about if this is not the first time something like that's happened. Or just in general, your mom lied to you and and took away your thunder about telling your dad about your engagement, which is really shitty. Um, I... Hmm, I'm trying to put this in, in the right way. If you want your mother in your life right now and at the wedding... You're going to have to understand she's not necessarily going to change. You can set some healthy boundaries, and I do have faith in people to learn. I've seen a lot of change in my own experience with setting boundaries with family members, and it's great, and it's a really good feeling, um, but it may not happen immediately. So don't expect the change to happen quickly, but if you do want your mom back in your life, I say if you want to. Have it, but don't look at it like suck it up, buttercup. No, you own this. This is you. You you have control of your life. It's not sucking anything up by saying, let's talk about what happened, but be very clear in the conversation about like why it hurt your feelings. Maybe set some boundaries of don't get all up in my business. Um, go into the conversation with that. It's going to be a tough conversation. It might be an easy conversation. The change is not going to happen overnight, but I hate the word suck it up, buttercup. There's such this rhetoric, mm-hmm. especially in this administration the, and on Twitter and the trolls of like, yeah, we won. Your, your side lost. Suck it up. It's like, yeah. wow, cool. This country's not a death match. But neither is any relationship. Sucking it up, I would never say suck it up because when you suck it up, you hold everything on the inside, literally. And that's going to make you explode later. Um, so it's not sucking up so long as you've decided, I do want her at the wedding. You don't, By, by the way, you don't have to have her at the wedding. But it sounds to me like you kind of want to. Yeah. But... Make sure you know what you want and go into the conversation with a gentle, hey, yeah, here's what's up. I agree that that, that suck it up frame is not mm. that useful. I, I do think, though, that um, sometimes dealing with other people's, <laughs> particularly parents, like their limitations and their stuff, I think it sometimes is about just being like, okay, well, you're like this and I can't change it, so I'm just going to deal with it. Obviously, there's only so much a person can take if someone's being like abusive or whatever. That's, you know, not a thing you have to take. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I, I, I agree, Catherine, with, with everything you said. I, I think that, um, you know, if you were like not Holloway, if you are not into having your mom around, um, I would say like, yeah, wait for her. Um, don't bother mm-hmm. like whatever, but it sounds like you do want your mom around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I can't tell from the email if you've had a chance to talk about what she did, um, and that you're hurt and we don't have enough context about your relationship to know if, you know, even if you did talk about it, um, if it would make any difference. So I don't know. I, I think you know best, but I, I would say I'm 70% in favor of, uh, 
you know, approaching her and 30% in favor of waiting around. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope that helps. Let us know. Um, so, you know, it's complicated. It is. Yeah. All right. So this person chose their nom de plume. It, they did. Or whatever. It is the letter K. Oh, I love it. Simple to the point. I am already on board with yeah. whatever this person is about to say. Love a good All K. Right. <laughs> okay. Hi, Kate. Hi, Sally. I'm a 25-year-old female and have been in a relationship for seven years with a guy who has been my best friend, well, really my only friend, for about 10 years. We'll call him X. It's the only serious relationship I've ever been in, and I'm beginning to have doubts. I need help deciding whether it would be best to stay and work on the relationship, if there's even anything that can be done, or if it's best to put an end to it. I'd really appreciate some advice. X is a great guy and treats me well. He's thoughtful, sensitive, devoted, funny, respectful, understanding, interesting, and easygoing. We have tons in common. We're both somewhat introverted. We both suffer from depression. We both love music, TV, and film, and traveling. Our similarities are what drew us to each other in the first place, and yet they are one of my biggest issues. See, I sometimes feel like we weigh each other down because we are so much alike. We have shared apartments before, and I felt at times like we made each other's depression worse. If one of us wanted to stay in bed all day and watch Netflix, it's rare that the other person would object or suggest some more productive or outgoing activity. And I agree, there's nothing wrong with having a lazy day every once in a while, but we have more than I'd like, and it tends to exacerbate the depression. We now live in different cities due to careers in school and see each other once a week. Even when I stay at his place, he tends to shirk all of his school responsibilities because he wants to spend time with me, despite my objections. It really makes me wonder if we could ever live together again. I also have been overweight for most of my life and have always struggled to learn how to love myself and be healthy emotionally and physically. Sometimes I just want someone to push me to do things that are good for me, like working out or eating right, etc. I feel like X unintentionally encourages my self-destructive behaviors just by being who he is. He doesn't work out at all and doesn't try to eat healthy, no matter how much I try to persuade him. I do realize that I can't depend on others to force me to do good things for myself or use others as an excuse for my bad behavior. I know I need to work on loving myself, but I wonder if it's possible for me to do the work I need to do on myself while being in a relationship as codependent as ours. It's been seven years, and I've yet to achieve these goals. Another big issue is attraction. I can honestly say I've never felt much physical attraction for X. I know this should be an obvious red flag, and you may question how I could have spent seven years with someone I'm not attracted to. The truth is, I do find him attractive. I just don't feel this physical desire for him. I rarely ever fantasized about him, except for maybe a few times in the beginning of the relationship. But he's great in bed and is attracted to me, and I guess that was enough. But now I'm starting to really miss desiring someone. Returning to what I said before, X is pretty much my only friend. I've tried to maintain relationships outside of ours, but whether it's because of my social anxiety or lack of self-confidence or what have you, it's been difficult. It's like I can get to the stage where I hang out with people occasionally in a larger group, but doing things with just that one person is extremely rare and tends to make me kind of freak out internally if it ever does happen. Perhaps people can sense my discomfort and consequently don't want to be around me. And forget about having anyone to talk to if I'm going through a difficult time. All I have for that outside of immediate family is X. I've spoken to X about taking a break from the relationship to be on our own for a while and possibly see other people. But he says he can't see us ever being able to get back together after that and that he wouldn't be willing to remain friends. He says if he ever saw me with anyone else, it would be too unbearable and that he would have to essentially erase me from his life in order to move on. 
Even once he's done that, he claims that he'll be jaded for the rest of his life and never care for anyone else the way he cares for me. I don't know if I can handle causing that much pain to my best friend and essentially ruin his life. I like to get to know and love myself outside of this relationship and see what else is out there relationship-wise, but I don't want to be weighed down with guilt and regret for the rest of my life if it turns out to be the wrong decision. I don't know if it's worth losing someone that has been such an important part of my life for over a decade. Is this just a case of the grass is always greener? Should I just try and appreciate what I have? Is there a way I can work on improving my self-worth while still in this relationship? If I don't try dating other people while I'm still young, will I regret it for the rest of my life? I love your show. Thanks in advance for any advice you can offer. Kay. Kay. Um, very well put. Very uh, descriptive, well-written email. Thank you for that. Hi, there's a lot here, so I'll start with one thing. Let's play a little fantasy game. Let's imagine you break up with X. Two months later, X has a new partner and is crushing it at life. How would you feel? And I say that because you're not responsible for this person's happiness. And you're, you don't know, you know, I often have to tell myself, Catherine, you don't have that much power over time and space. Because I do feel guilty or bad or what if I hurt this person's feelings? It's like having been through a few breakups now where I was like, the person will be destroyed. Uh, spoiler, all of my exes are doing just fine. Well, <laughs> most of them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's almost shocking, you know? And it's like people will make do. Now, that said, there are definitely times where there's breakups and people are devastated and there's a lot of bad things. I'm not saying that does not happen. But... If that were to happen, the, the imaginary fantasy scenario, would you be mad at yourself? I mean, think about it this way. You're the only one who needs to take care of you right now. I urge you, if you can, if you have the resources, if anything, maybe like a Facebook group, but ideally a therapist. I cannot stress this enough. I I got a therapist when I knew it was time to end one of my relationships, and it was a lifesaver, and it helped me break up in a very as healthy as possible way because I could not handle my own feelings and it was very very hard to do because I I loved this person very much and cared a lot about him he was one of my first very serious boyfriends and it was such a heartbreaking breakup but we are friendly not friends um that might happen it's it's also okay in the I don't know I have a lot to say but I'll, I'll finish with this thought and then throw it to you and we'll go back and forth because cool. there's a lot more here but it is also totally I mean, I don't want to say healthy, but um, something that is not the worst thing in the world to not speak to someone after you break up with them, even if you're really good friends in the relationship, because breakups are really hard. And if you do, you know, worry about that, unfortunately, that is a byproduct of some breakups. And it's, again, not the end of the world. Now, again, I'm just going to say this one more time. Please, if you can, therapy. Um, and I will say, I highly recommend this. And this is something that is very important to me till this day when I have to get new therapists or, you know, I roll through them like a no. Um, but if, if you do ever have to switch or whatever, what I've done is look for someone who has also had experience in couples therapy because I love someone with experience in relationships, period. Even though I'm not in couples therapy, I'm having regular therapy. But it's just so cool to have someone have this interesting perspective about partners. Mm -hmm. totally. Sally. Okay, I feel like you've identified a number of ways in which this relationship is not healthy for you um, and you've articulated them really well and it sounds like you feel that being in this relationship is like mutually exclusive with you know you having other friends feeling good about yourself feeling good about your body um, doing the things that you've wanted to do to feel better about those things um, 
And I think that's really important to pay attention to. I, I don't necessarily think that those things can't be like addressed in a relationship, but I do think, I mean, what you have described does sound like a classic thing of codependence of like one person who's like underperforming in life. Like you said, he shirks his responsibility and like enables the other person to do that too. And that's just like not a cool dynamic. Mm. Um, I don't think it necessarily means that, you know, you guys couldn't like work on it or something, but it doesn't really sound like, I mean, I understand being attached to someone and being with someone for a long time and they're a very important part of your life and they're your only friend, but those aren't really good reasons to be in a relationship with someone like the, you know, like good, good reasons to be in a relationship with someone is because like you love them and, you know, um, you have some kind of desire for them. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be romantic, but there's some element of desire. Um, the companionship like enriches your life. Um, they respect you, you respect them. And it's, it, that's like, you didn't talk about any of that stuff. Like you talked about his good personality traits and the fact that, You've been with him for a long time and uh, that's just not enough to stay in a relationship. Mm. And the other thing is that like this thing of like, if you break up, it'll ruin his life. That's like emotional extortion. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's basically like uh, uh, guilting someone into being in a relationship with you. And that is manipulative and really, really uncool. And also not something, um, you know, I don't necessarily think he's like, twisting his must, must, mustache and like diabolically planning to like ruin your life. But it sounds like he isn't really that dealt with. And one of the things that makes him feel better in life or safer in life or something is to have you by his side. And so he's trying to prevent you from like not being there. And that's not okay. Like he, both people, all people in a relationship need to if not be like whole people, be like striving to be whole people mm-hmm. because otherwise I just, I just don't think it works. Um, and to answer your questions, um, is there a way I can, I already addressed, can you work on improving your self-worth while mm-hmm. still in this relationship? It doesn't sound like you can in this relationship from what you described. Um, I don't think this is just a case of the grass is always greener because you didn't like when people write to us and they list their partner's <laughs> really good qualities Um, and then, but then tell us about all of the dynamics in the relationship that are negative or harmful. It's like, to me, I don't find it compelling that someone is like interesting and funny and, um, the other things you said about him, like, because there are a lot of people out there who are like interesting and funny and easygoing and that I have a lot in common with, but it's like, and that's cool. It's great when people have good qualities, but like, it's much more important to have a healthy dynamic with the other person. And I would rather see you with someone who was like slightly less funny, but treated you better. But there are funny people who treat you well out there. I'll just (laughs) say that. So anyway, the point is, um, Mueller's team. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Mueller's lawyers are where you should definitely, uh, go for dating. Um, anyway, the point is Catherine, um, I, the only time I would advise, if someone sounded really unhappy in a relationship, the only mm-hmm. time I would say stick it out mm-hmm. as long as there wasn't like abuse happening is if they were like 90 <laughs> <laughs> oh because or like 95 because it would be like, you know, by the time you like get out there and find someone, it's going to be a wrap. So <laughs> s- s- stick with what you have. Like, although people do live to be older than that. But I guess my point is, is that when you're <laughs> when you're it, it's like you have so much life to live and I. I know that 10 years feels like a long time, but in 10, 10 years from now, 
you're going to be like, eh, that was a thing that was 10 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Sally, I'm first of all, I'm so glad you took on, I, well, I, I actively threw it to you, the emotional extortion of sort of the, this will happen because you yeah. handled it so well and you, that's exactly, I completely agree. I will say also, um, having just one person you can talk to about things is not good for you. Yeah. I have like at least 20 people for different <laughs> aspects of my life. I've got something for Sally. You know, I got, you know, other people, whatever. Um, you need to have more people who, who are uh, venting. Like, it's nothing wrong with, like, venting about a thing. It happens all the time. I did it today to three people, you know. There's a study. Um, there's They do a study about relationships, and they show everyone uh, these – three different images. The first image is three circles next to each other. Boom, boom, boom. Just a little space between them. The next picture is a circle within a circle. And the last one is like the Olympic ring circle, mm -hmm. like just two of them. And they say, which represents your relationship? And I remember I chose the three separate circles because I thought, oh, there's so many different things in our lives, but we're still next to each other. Mm -hmm. And someone else chose the rings and someone else chose the one within the one. And the person who was just showing us the examples, who's a relationship therapist, was saying, the ideal relationship that we find is is when you choose the three separate circles and here's why because you need to be a whole person yeah you can't you can be with someone but the, the third circle sort of represents other things you might share in your life you know and there was one girl who chose the circle in the circle and she happened to be in a really bad relationship at the time <laughs> and she was like oh my god that is so right I feel like I like he owns me and it's like yeah, yeah it's very interesting so I mean just you know if you were listening to this and you chose the Olympic rings or something else nothing wrong with your relationship per se it's just the idea that if you think that's what a relationship a healthy relationship is just be aware that it's totally okay to not be tied to a person yeah and be your own person and have other people to vent to or talk to or other activities that you enjoy that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And um, I think it's really important to have someone outside your relationship to talk to because mm -hmm. who are you going to vent to about your partner? And trust me, there's going to be things. There's going to be things the like this. The healthiest of relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is like in terms of, you know, you said like, you know, that, you know, you shouldn't need someone who's going to like, I can't remember how you phrased it, but yeah. like tell you what to do and you should be able to like achieve your goals on your own or whatever. I do think that like it's not cool to put the responsibility for whatever your goal is around like eating or fitness on another person. Yeah. But, you know, there is definitely such a thing as like a partner who supports you in all your endeavors and a partner who, you know, chooses what they support you in because it's, you know, it threatens their enmeshment with you if you start becoming more like self-actualized. And again, like I don't necessarily think that this is like a conscious thing that he's, you know, he's planning out like, oh, like how can I make Kay more enmeshed with me so she needs me forever? Um, oh, I know, I'll discourage her from like working out. Like I don't think it's that thought mm -hmm. through. But I do think there there is such a thing as like having a partner who's going to be like, hey, you know, you said you really wanted to go running this Saturday and here we are with a block of time. We can watch Netflix later. Go for a run. I, I think that that's like a delight mm -hmm. um and that and you deserve that partner and also um i think it would be really helpful for you to go to therapy like yes Catherine said. yes so okay um good luck with everything keep us posting how it goes and if you're not already in the facebook group you should join there and join. Uh, yeah that's a good place to vent about stuff yeah i mean that's the point of it really right venting and animal gifts exactly all right oh man so i'm looking at the madman names so uh email number three madman names here we are i mean Ah, there's somebody Whitman. I don't know. Do we ever just use mm. Whitman? Is that I love Whitman. Love that. Whitman. Let's do it. Whitman. Whitman. Cool whip. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a, a great Family Guy joke. Oh, I didn't. I laughed and I didn't even know the okay. joke. Okay. Yeah. It's yes. It's guys. Just look it up. All right. So content note: binge eating and restrictive eating. Okay. From Whitman. Dear Kate and Sally, I'm writing you in the heat of the moment. I'm feeling hopeless, sad, tired, and emotionally exhausted, and I don't know how to fix myself anymore. I'm a 17-year-old girl from the Netherlands, and for the past three years, I've been binge eating. It all began when I got depressed when I was 14 years old. I felt a lot of school pressure, insecurities, and loneliness, and I wasn't taking care of myself. In the next two years, my depression got really bad, and I switched psychologists multiple times. One thing that got pretty fucked up during my depression are my eating habits. I would try to eat, I would try to fast as long as possible, and I enjoyed the hungry feeling down in my stomach. But after a day of not eating, I would always end up binging. I know now that it was because of the endorphin release that I felt for the simple reason that my body needed to be nourished. I was in a cycle of not eating, binge eating, hating myself, and not eating again. After a time that felt like ages, I got out of my depression and I've been in a completely and I've been a completely different person ever since. I am happy, social, motivated, enjoying life, and honestly smiling throughout the day. One thing that is holding me back from me being in the best place is the binging. It has been holding on to me ever since it started. To be clear, I eat normally and regularly throughout the day now. I'm not restricting in any way, and besides the binging, I am in no weird slash destructive place with food anymore. But the binging won't stop. It haunts me every day, and I feel honestly sick. Every day I consume a large amount of food, anything you can think of, within 45 minutes. I always end up nauseous with stomach pains, upset intestines, and a sweat on my body. And I do it myself. I do it without thinking. I go into autopilot every single day. It has become usual. A regular a reason why it still happens is because it is a short-term way for me to forget about my feelings and cheer myself up when it is needed. My family is sweet, but we don't talk about emotions or feelings ever, so I suppress a lot of it. I'm not a good feelings talker. Sometimes it occurs that I binge as a way to punish myself because a thought might pass like, I don't deserve to feel healthy and I don't deserve to look pretty, which is, of course, total bullshit. But a lot of days I feel totally okay and still end up binging and laying in bed the rest of the day feeling physically and mentally ill. I've gone to a dietitian who is also a therapist. I've read the books, seen the movies, felt the physical changes, but it hasn't done anything for me. Food is just everywhere. We eat when we celebrate. We eat when something bad happens. Breakups and ice cream. And we eat because it's a necessity. I don't know what to do anymore. I feel very lost, hopeless, alone, and sick. Very, very sick. The past week I've been feeling depressed and it has gotten to a point where I don't even feel like I want to dance anymore. I just sit aside and watch. Note, I want to pursue a career in dance. I train 20 hours a week after school and it has a truly amazing role in my life, but even that has gotten affected. Now I'm for sure, now I'm sure shit is down for real. Shit is going down for real, sorry. I really want to feel happy and healthy, but I cannot break through this barrier. I'm aware what wonders a good diet can do to the body and soul. I've done my research, and there were times where I felt good, happy, and healthy, but that never lasted more than three weeks. Please help me. I'm lost, Whitman. Whitman, thank you for writing in. Um, you said you weren't a good feelings talker, but I think you did a really great job in your email of summing up what you're going through. Um, I'm sorry you're going through this. Um, you know, I think that I I want you to not beat yourself up for not being able to break through this barrier, as you said, on your own. Uh, this is the kind of thing that um, I, I just I don't think that 
it is easy or it happens often that people who have issues around food and eating that they just kind of get through them um, or that they get through them by like just, you know, having an iron will and and knowing the stuff that you have to know about like having a, a happy and healthy diet. Mm-hmm. I really think that um, you said you went to a dietitian who's also a therapist. I think that, you know, I think dietitians who specialize in disordered eating are are great and useful. I definitely think that a therapist who is straight up a therapist and works with people, um, you know, maybe in your case, teenagers who are working on issues around disordered eating. I think like that is a person that you need to see. I'm not really sure how it works where you live, if you need like your parents consent or something like that. Mm. But um, I would encourage you to find an adult who you feel safe with and who you trust, who can help connect you with the resources that you need. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, on the other hand, I think there are plenty of plenty of teenagers who are your age who feel totally equipped to like find the resources. So if you feel like you can, then do. But Mm -hmm. it sounds like you feel really alone right now. And I think that, you know, when you feel alone and kind of stuck in the thing you're going through, it can be hard to get out of it enough to take the steps you need to take to take care of yourself. Um, This is like a, this is a big deal. This is a hard thing you're going through. And I think that when you're struggling as much as it sounds like you are, you need someone who can, who can help you and can say, look, like you're really going through it right now, but that's why I'm here to help you figure out what to do. And that uh, person I think has to be um, a real person in your life. But I also just want to say that um, I think it, you know, it sounds like you have done a lot, like you've read mm-hmm. the books and you know the stuff that you know you should know. And I think that's all really important. But I do think that this kind of recovery is a journey. I think it's, you know, it's going to be about all these different kinds of things, some of which you've done, some of which I think you have yet to do. And it might take a little while, but, um, but I, I think that, um, it, you need to like really commit yourself to a structured path to recovery. I could not agree with everything you said more, Sally. And I mean, Whitman, I I almost started to cry towards the end of this. I mean, you are so well-spoken and I breaks my heart that you're not getting the help you need because you know that what you need is help. And I don't know what happened with the disconnect of who's getting the help for you and what doctors are working or not. I definitely think you should go to someone who specializes in disordered eating. And I think that, um, I, again, I'm not a doctor, but I will say there's somebody in my life that I care about very much. I'm close to who has a similar situation and it is, it does not go away. And uh, well, how do I put this? There's many different kinds of disordered eating. It is not, it's not like you just take a medication and you're done. There are aspects of it, like everything else that some people have where you live with it. You can live with a thing and be totally fine or, you know, feel better or feel like you're over it. But it's something that may come up in stressful situations. Think about it this way. In the long term, it really is an investment right now for you to start dealing with this in a way that works for you. So let's Go ahead and cut out all the things that you've already done. I'm very impressed with all the work you've done. My goodness, it must, you're only 17. This is so much to deal with on your own. I don't know if your parents, I'm not sure if they're involved. I don't know if you want them to be. Um, you need help. And you might want to consider at least a group therapy, first of all, so you don't feel so alone because in, that might be a good gateway to sort of finding the next thing. But I will say, 
There's absolutely nothing wrong with going away to a place to get healthy and then come home after either a few weeks or a few months. This is something that a lot of people are scared to do, but I've seen it have great results. I've also seen it not have good results, but learning from someone and being in a place where you really are held to task to just learn this way of dealing with your problem can be a really great jumping off point for the rest of your life. Think of it this way, you know, whatever you want to do with your life in the future, this is holding you back. And you, you are, um, it's too hard to deal with on on your own. This is too much. You can't do it by yourself, nor should you have to. I, I really hope you get the resources and I'm really I really hope you don't give up because there are there is going to be a doctor. There is going to be a fit. There is going to be a person or something that will help you or a team. And don't be afraid to go the next step because um, you shouldn't be embarrassed by it. And, and I hope I'm so just hoping that, you know, you're not alone. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the the reason why, you know, reading all the books and seeing the movies and stuff doesn't make something click into place is because this is these kinds of things just go a lot deeper. They go a lot deeper than, you know, what we understand rationally or intellectually. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it means that those things are useless. I think they can really be helpful and they can contextualize things. But the reason um, I, I just I think that you you will make more progress and recover more if you go to someone who can help you with like the feelings aspect of it. Um, and I, I, I know, you know, in the United States, you can go to NEDA, N-E-D-A.org. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can probably go there from the Netherlands as well. Um, and I don't know that they have resources anywhere but the United States, but at least there's really good literature. There's like a chat. I think there's like a crisis chat line you can use. Maybe that's like a good jumping off yeah. point for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I, I want you to connect with an adult who you trust, um, whether it's like a teacher or, you know, someone at your school or a friend's parent or someone who can, who can, who can really intervene and really help you. Um, you sound Whitman really resilient and like you have a lot of insight and that's why I think you're going to be okay. I just really want you to get help. Yeah. And I, one last thing, and this again is just this one lived experience person I'm referring to, um, who I've seen, this helps me understand, um, this person has been and and has been for a long time absolutely thriving and successful in life for a very long time. They still have, you know, they still have to, you know, think about if they get stressed out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, coping mechanisms, yeah. tools. You can absolutely live an extraordinary life. This is this is not a death sentence. It's more like starting early is really helpful. Mm. You have your whole life ahead of you. Please, yeah. please start early and dealing with the stuff. And um, there's nothing wrong with you. You are... A human who is, um, does not, you're not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. I agree. Um, so Whitman, good luck and please keep us posted on how you're doing. Yeah. Well, hey, that's that's our episode. Wow, that was, it's so good to be back. I know it's only been like a couple days of being late, but uh, hey guys, hi. Hey, hi, yeah. we're back. So, well, we're about to be away for another week, but we're back. Yeah. Um, so listen, you can tweet at us at StruggleBusPod. Email us at StruggleBusPodcast at gmail.com if you want to ask us a question or join the Facebook group, Supportive Community, Good Conversations, 
animal gifts and videos, <laughs> um, tons of them. Instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod. We just took some photos right now. See my birthday shirt. Use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SPK Hell or strugglebuspodcast.com. If you want to become a bonus member, there's already 16, 17 episodes up there. Oh, yeah. We have to do another one. Yeah. Too. And um, yeah, that's about it. Sally's song of the week. Catherine. This week's song is Get Your Freak On by none other than Missy Misdemeanor Elliott. Yes. This is the 2001 single from her third studio album, Miss E, So Addictive. I don't know what to tell you other than it's a fucking great song. So good. There's a really awesome remix of it with Nelly Furtado, but I couldn't find it in time. Um, but you should listen to that. Go listen to that. Um, anyway, I don't I don't have anything to say about this. You don't need me to say anything about you don't, this. You don't need anything. This song speaks for itself. You know it. You love it. Here it is. Yes. <laughs> that's Kate. Oh my God, I totally forgot to sign off. <clears throat> and that's Sally. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was amazing. No shit. Mississippi putting it down, I'm the hottest round. I told y'all mother, y'all can't stop me now. Listen to me now, I'm lasting 20 rounds. And if you want me, then come on, get me now. Is you with me now? Then biggie, biggie bounce. I know you dig the way I switch my style. Holla, holla. People sing around, now people gather around, now people jump around. Get your freak on.